when a woman orgasms and really figures out how to touch themselves, it's awakening a part of them, um, even mentally, that just like knows what they want. What is up, shame gang? This is your host, Dominique, and welcome back to Shame Me Once, the podcast where I discuss taboo topics with shameless guests, because I'm here to bring light to the darkness with truth and understanding. See, my whole life I've been shamed for just purely being myself. And now I'm here to embrace the shame and let you know it's okay to be yourself. This is a safe space, so let your freak flag fly. You are loved, you are understood, and welcome to the shame-free zone. Today at Shame Me Once, we've got Dr. Ryan McWhorter, host of Where's the Intimacy podcast, coming on our show to talk to us about the female anatomy, intimacy, and orgasms. But before we dive in, I've got some updates for you guys. So regarding my last episode, I was informed by a couple of friends that I may have come across as privileged or insensitive about the coronavirus. Well, I'm here to tell you, I am an asshole. No, actually, uh, listen, am I privileged? Totally. I acknowledge it and I'm really grateful. But I didn't really mean any offense by referring to the pandemic as an opportunity Obviously, my sympathies extend to everyone who's been affected by this. And obviously, thank you to everyone that's in the trenches right now and everyone that's making this world go round while the rest of us can like stay at home and like just stay at home. You know what I mean? So thanks to all those people out there. And with that being said, all I meant was, hey guys, this is an opportunity of a lifetime to just do whatever you want to do. That's really all I meant, guys. Like, seriously, if you didn't have to go work a nine to five every single day, if you could just live without having to live for the weekends, bitch, what would you live for? Because that's what I'm trying to figure out, like for myself at least. And that's all I was saying. That's the end of that PSA. But since we are talking about COVID, uh, Dr. McWhorter wanted me to mention that he's been geeking out on COVID-19 since all of this began, and his research shows that vitamins A, C, and D work best in helping to fight the virus. So that's from the doctor's mouth. Uh, start taking supplements A, C, and D if you're not already. I personally have been doing that as well as taking vitamin B12, and I've also uh, prescribed myself an orgasm a day, and I can report that I am pretty damn healthy. And so, uh, yeah, guys, vitamins A, C, D, B12, and orgasms, that is the cure to COVID. Totally joking. It's not the cure, but it could totally boost your immune system, so why not do it? And that's a great segue to talk about health. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for health. Have I been working out? No, I haven't. Because after it rained all week, you guys, then I started my period and I've literally eaten so much fucking food. I feel so bloated. I feel so gross right now, to be quite honest with you. I'm just waiting to take a giant shit and then feel like a supermodel. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you like look in the mirror and you're like, Ugh, and then you like take the fattest shit of your life and you're like, oh my God. I have abs. I'm just waiting for that right now. Um, but no, like seriously, like I, <laughs> I'm not giving up on the health. I am taking baby steps. And one of those baby steps is giving myself an orgasm every day for the next 30 days. So I started, okay, just hear me out. I started reading this book called Becoming Cliterate. Women, if you haven't read this book, I swear to God, it is so unwomanly if you you never read like you need to read this book. 
Okay, I'm not gonna like hate you if you don't read this book, but I really am trying to change your life, okay? This book just maps out the female anatomy for you. It talks about the orgasm gap. It talks about how to touch yourself. Literally come chapter five, I am like in front of a mirror, like masturbating, uh, just like reading along with the book, like trying to figure out my body. I never realized how not intimate I was with my body until I started reading this. And I'm like, oh my God, no, every time I sit down, I'm like, oh, I just want to like rub this out and get to bed. It's like not like something I want to get into, you know? So after this like conversation I had with Dr. McWhorter and like reading this book about female pleasure, I am convinced that female pleasure like empowers us and like awakens this third eye. It, it awakens like the divinity within our soul. And so I thought, shit, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen if I just gave myself an orgasm every day for 30 days? Like how I want to, I want to touch in with my intuition at the end of this 30 days. I want to like, I started a, a, journal. I started like a masturbation journal. I call it my, my masturbate, my masturbation monologue. And I've just been writing in there, you know, how I'm touching myself. Did I come? How quickly did I come? Did I squirt this time? How did I masturbate? Um, how do I feel today? What are my emotions? Like, I'll be honest, I woke up this morning, I started my period on day one of this. And I was like, fuck me. Like, I like I am not horny right now. Like, I am not horny at all. But I like forced myself to have an orgasm in the shower the past few days and my cramps are like non-existent. So that's really cool. I will say that I can confirm that masturbating to a full orgasm has decreased my cramps. So that's fucking science, bitches. Have some orgasms. I can't wait to get to day 30. Like this is really going to be hard. Like for someone who doesn't have a vibrator, nor do I ever masturbate, like I am so so ready to like know my fucking body so the next time I'm with a dude I'm like yeah right there touch me there just kidding I probably won't say it like that but I realized that I'm a victim of not knowing where to tell a guy to touch me like I didn't even realize how much I didn't know how I wanted to be touched so this is a journey that I'm doing not only for me but I'm doing it so I can report back to you guys and we can all have better orgasms, guys. Yeah. But seriously, women, uh, do this with me. Like hashtag 30 day masturbation challenge. I don't like that. I'm going to work on that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody shoot me a hashtag. I'm so bad at that shit on the fly. But seriously, let's do this. Let's fucking masturbate, guys. Women. Men, I don't think it, I don't think it's the same for you. I don't think you get this like divine, like feminine, like energy every time you like come. I think it's just like a women thing. I'm sorry to leave you out of this. Uh, but yeah, ladies, let's get to know ourselves. Let's light some candles. Let's grab that vibrator. Let's grab that finger, pick up the book, Becoming Clitorate, and let's learn about our fucking feminine bodies and everything. Cause that's what I'm doing. And if you don't like, then just listen to the podcast and I'll keep you informed about how great I feel. And as of right now, yes, I do feel great. Um, yesterday was in a f like a fucking amazing day. Today is a pretty great day. Like I'm still bleeding um, and like it's the COVID-19 and like, I can't see anybody. But like being in my loneliness has been easier. Like going to bed has been easier. I, I'm like more clear headed. This is just three days of masturbating like a lot. So I'm interested to know if like my masturbation like quantities will like decrease over the month because right now I'm like really rubbing it out, you know, but maybe like 
come next week, I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to have an orgasm. Please don't make me. But I doubt it. I mean, like, it's not that hard to have an orgasm. Anyways, guys. So, yeah, I'm keeping you updated. My masturbation monologues. And I'm going to let you know how empowered of a fucking bitch I am at the end of this shit. I'm so excited. All right. I get it. I'm done talking about me and my beautiful pussy and how happy I am and how great life is. And <laughs> whatever. There's a lot of great stuff to get into today with Dr. McWhorter. So I'm not going to stall any longer. And let's just go ahead and dive on in. All right, guys, today I have the pleasure of speaking with a doctor with over 25 years of experience. He's not your average MD. He's more fascinated with alternative therapies as he runs his own private practice, Alabama Functional Medicine in Montgomery, Alabama. In recent years, he's taken interest in female pelvic specialty care and has helped hundreds of women reclaim their femininity. He's the host of Where's the Intimacy podcast, and he's joining us today at Shame Me Once to talk about emotional intimacy and orgasms. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ryan McWhorter. Hey, Dominique. Great to be here. I'm excited. I'm super, super excited to have you here. Uh, guys, I will say that there is a little bit of a delay, uh, if, and so... Um, just, just to work with us, and we're working with it, so just follow along the best that you can. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to have you here, um, especially uh, because, I, I, one, I'm very passionate about this stuff, and I, I'm excited to be able to talk to someone who knows the facts and studies this. And so uh, what, uh, what got you interested in, in this field of, of female pleasure? What was, your, what was your journey in all of this? Why is it so important? Uh, several things. So as an MD, I, I just wrote a lot of prescriptions and uh, ultimately was a little frustrated in how I couldn't heal people always with that. So um, uh, I had a patient, a particular patient that was in severe pelvic pain and I'd sent her really to everybody and uh, she just really didn't get any help. And she wound up, I sent her to, you know, big places, UAB and Emory even, and she came back, she was still hurting. And in fact, she was writhing on the table and, uh, I had no answers for her. Ultimately, I, I found an herbal cure for her. It was quite amazing. It really shocked me. And it really changed how I looked at supplements and, and just things from the natural world. So that got me interested in, in that kind of tough pelvic problem, particularly. And uh, then I did some functional medicine training and started doing European injections of the pelvis. And that's working on some maybe some of the toughest patients that maybe the OBs didn't quite um, have a good medical uh, medicine answer for. And uh, then that led to PRP, where we take blood and, and inject it where um, there are issues and problems. That's called an O-shot. And then ultimately getting a, a Diva laser, which is a vaginal laser that basically uh, restores um, tissue that's been either aged or, or hurt or somewhat damaged during childbirth. And so all that just over the past few years, um, maybe the last 10 years or so, doing hormone therapy and trying to get those right maybe uh, 10 years ago or so. So it, it's been a great journey, interesting journey. I kind of started with the toughest patients and then now do, you know, kind of standard um, menopausal and um, low sex drive or um, some of my favorite though are the tough medical problems that, where there aren't easy answers like interstitial cystitis, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian disease, um, infertility, which my wife and I had that problem. So not that's, that's kind of the journey. It's been, um, I kind of backed into it. No, not anymore for sure. We have, we have five great kids and, uh, they, once we figured it out, they really started popping out. 
Well, that's, that is, that's incredible. Uh, I, I never told you this. How could I, cause we really just met, but, um, I was having a lot of issues, um, with my entire female reproductive system. And, uh, it was going on for about four years. And the last thing that I did was, was like herbal supplements. And, uh, I've been doing that for about a year and within like two months, everything that I had, had chronic issues with went away. Oh, so fantastic. I, oh yeah. I, I fully believe in, in everything that you're doing. Uh, I think it's incredible and, um, and, and you're seriously like a hero. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Great story. But I uh, know that, but do, do you, do you receive, because obviously this didn't start with somebody coming into your office and saying, I haven't had an orgasm in 20 years. It, it started with more difficult issues. So like how, since you've been started being like more vocal about this, uh, how have you received or have you even received more traffic or what kind of, uh, what kind of issues have patients been coming to you with? So it's interesting. If you, if you look at a, a woman's lifetime, she will bring up sexual problems. Only 14%, only 14% of women will bring up a, a, a sexual health issue. So it's not talked about. Those aren't just down here in the Bible Belt in the South, but those are um, national numbers. Only 30% of physicians will ask. And, and a lot of times I think it's not because the physicians don't care, but they just don't have a lot of options. So when you start fixing um, pelvic pain, for instance, and then you start hearing how their sex lives are better, I started seeing this change. It was really incredible to watch. Uh, uh, you know, an empowerment might be the best word where Ooh. They they kind of found their voice, perhaps, if, if they uh, needed it, maybe, let's say. And um, so then we started talking about orgasms and different orgasms. And next thing you know, and since some of these procedures help that, and, and um, when you get things restored, especially the relationship restored, then, you know, kind of the sky's the limit. And then, you know, personally, I was just interested in, in you know, how to get, how do you get people better? And so in your, in then the travels of pelvic health, you start learning about different types of orgasms and, and that the pleasure doesn't necessarily stop. It's not just clitoral or not just with orgasms, but, but there are multiple types. And, um, you know, how can you bring that knowledge to the, to the women in the office, the, the lady right in front of you, because, um, you know, they need to know it and they're not learning it. They're not learning it in school or, you know, even from their friends. Like, I think that's how they get some of their information, but when you really study it. You, you just learn that there's a whole world open to people. Would you say that you were uh, a victim yourself of that? Because I think it's, it's super amazing that you're a, a male doctor who wants to study this um, and, and, and learn more about the female body. Uh, and so would you say that you were a victim of, of just societal, um, well, I guess, what's it called? Like society yeah. basically shaping the way you think and how you know things. You know, I, I really do. And I don't think, you know, I have plenty of patients that are um, from other countries. It just seems to be a, a very, very common problem for people to be under, um, just their knowledge is just not there for, for sex and, and, um, and pleasure. It's, it's, just, it's just a certain taboo. Even though our culture is very sexualized, you know, billboards and, you know, tennis shoe ads and toothpaste ads are, are you know, are, are all you know, at least, you know, images of, of women that, you know, anything is sold using, using that, that uh, you know, legs or what have you. So despite being very pervasive, it's, it's not, it's still not really 
well discussed. I think your generation is doing a better job of that, and I applaud that. I really mean that. The average, say, 25 to 30-year-old who comes to my office knows even more sometimes than my average 50 to 55-year-old, it would seem. Obviously, they've had more experience, and yet even, say, 55 years with a, with a husband, um, you know, married for 30 or whatever, 35 years or whatever, that, um, you know, they still haven't learned some of the things that maybe some of you guys know, or, or at least know about. So mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty interesting to me. There, there's definitely been a societal shift. Now, do you see this in, because um, you're just, I feel like you're speaking about pleasure on a, on a broad spectrum. Do you just mean female pleasure or do you think men are also uneducated when it comes to male pleasure or, or you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I think us men, you know, really don't know what we're doing. Um, I think if you ask men and they're honest, they'll tell you, Lord, it's a, it's a, it, you, you have, it's a job figuring things out. And, and, you know, my wife, she's different day to day. She likes to say, that's why I married a smart man. But, um, you know, really there, there are some, um, you know, you've seen that poster where the, um, it says guy's brain and it's a on and off light switch. And then you see a woman's brain and it's the inside of the space shuttle. And um, there's some truth in that. It, women are um, a lot more complicated, although I think men are, are definitely emotionally tied as well and really want to be part of a intimate relationship. I don't mean just intimate and sexual, but intimate and closeness and emotional bonding and, mm -hmm. and uh, just a lot of trust and vulnerability. And, and they enjoy just great, great sex. But just that relational energy that you get from a great sex life. So I, I don't, um, back to your question, I think that um, men, not myself included, we don't have teachers. I mean, do, we didn't learn it in, you know, in my education, we, I don't even think they taught sex ed. Maybe I remember a little bit in health or something. It was mm -hmm. absolutely useless. And, um, you know, they may do a better job now. I don't really know what you guys are, um, when you went through school, what, what you guys learned. But I don't get the feeling it's great just based on, you know, just hearing people talk and the questions women still have. Oh, yeah. Oh, the hard yeah. part is getting women – I think they want to open up. Women want to talk about it. If you bring it up, they will talk. You know, they will definitely start pouring out things. Not 100%, but, you know, so I just try to ask an open-ended question. Are there any concerns or, um, you know, and it's like that you give them permission and suddenly it's like, blah, 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 blah. they'll really start, um, uh, you know, letting you have it and, and kind of telling you what's going on. But uh, we guys, we, where's our, where do we learn? So we learn from our parents, not. You know, they didn't tell us anything. They, then we learned from our buddies in high school. That's a joke. And then we um, had college uh, buddies to refine our, our super-duper education. And then we get married to this wonderful woman that's changed our lives that, you know, we can't even talk to. We're so nervous. And then, and then they're reluctant to, to talk. And um, that's, that's really pervasive, maybe almost... I'd say most, if not nearly all women are slow to talk. And, and um, you know, the studies show they, they, they would fake pleasure, fake an orgasm to, um, you know, for some reason. And, um, you know, so that's not teaching the guy. So all that comes into, into um, a guy's education. And it's, you know, we're very uneducated men are.
we're trying we're learning we're trying to learn and well, I, um, I, I think we want to we want to satisfy our partner well that's okay so that's great to hear and i i love that you brought up emotionally intimacy because i i think a lot of people don't realize that that is such a key factor in in sex itself um i've been reading this book called uh Becoming Cliterate. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, wait, have you heard about it? I have. It? I haven't read it. Great. I oh my, have not. Oh, my goodness. I've I, heard about it. I haven't read it. I, I had heard about it so many times, and finally, it just, I, it just, I wanted to finally pick it up and read it. And there, there comes a part in the book where it's teaching me about my female anatomy, and it says, you know, you might want to sit down and, and put a mirror in front of you. And I'm just thinking oh, I don't need to put a mirror in front of me. I know all about my female anatomy. And as I'm reading through the book, I'm like, shit, what is this? Wait, what is that? Wait, if I touch myself here, wait, what does that feel like? I had no idea. And then so, uh, to, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not holding back here, but this week I've, I've, I've never been one to really masturbate. I don't have a vibrator or anything. I can't really get into it with my hand and because it just seems like a lot of work and then my hand cramps and then I'm just like, this is not fun. After reading, I've almost finished the book, but after getting through like the self-pleasure section, I realized that it's, it's a mental state that you put yourself in. It was something that I had to think about uh, in order to basically uh, turn myself on. And I thought about back when I was in like middle school, when my body started going through hormonal changes and there was this feeling that I used to get um, when like my with my vulva would just start to throb. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, if I was like with my boyfriend, you know, it would just start to throb. And I'm like, what? I like, I, I couldn't really, I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea that this was my body telling me, oh, you're horny. And I also realized as an adult, I have never felt what it, I've, I've, as my, I've never had a lady boner as an adult in, until this week. Um, and so, and it was all mental. I'm putting more work into the mental state of getting me there than I am when I'm doing physically, because like, it just becomes more sensitive, the more my mind is in it. So, uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to hear your perspective on emotional intimacy and, and how, or how it could not, but I think you would agree as well, uh, that, that it boosts, um, the sexual pleasure in general, the whole thing, whatever sexual pleasure you are, you know, whether that's penetration or oral, it just increases everything if we could separate the two things so as far as anatomical when you say boner do you mean um, a clitoris that becomes really fully engorged and, and, and erect or semi-erect yeah because i mean like your, your or, the vaginal lips or just are pleasurable um well i think i i thought they were one and the same thing because like your the the clitoral lips the, it is um and, and you know tell me if i'm wrong but it is uh, erectile tissue just on a on a woman correct yeah absolutely yeah the clitoris when i when i was at medical school we learned that the clitoris was a little a little bitty bump just you know the smaller than your pinky nail and then now we've learned i think it was in the late 90s early 2000s that it was actually this huge um structure basically with four legs to it and it envelops the 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 vaginal vault it uh, engorges dramatically and, um, you know, highly pleasurable when, when, uh, when in an ideal state, let's say. I really believe a lot of women, maybe most, have quite a numb vagina. They're, 
not just vagina, but clitoris, their cervix, their, um, their G spot, all those things are not in, uh, in high function. It's like a, it's like something that needs to be awakened. Mm-hmm. Emotional intimacy is a whole different deal. And, and that deserves a, you know, a whole mention because it's impossible to have great sex without really strong emotional intimacy. So, and that's dependent on a person's transparency and vulnerability, ability to talk, communicate needs. And, and, you know, women, like we were saying earlier, they just won't necessarily or frequently um, bring up what feels good to them. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues there. So, you know, women want to be pursued. I think they want to be kind of emotionally penetrated. They want to be kind of corralled up and really kind of, adored and just really win the guy over. That's what I like to call mind fucking. It's a real thing, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. So, um, you know, at the same time though, they want a a gentle hand. They want a a slow measure. They want, um, you know, so, and they just don't want to ask, Hey, can you do it this way? That kind of kills the moment a little bit, but not if you got a guy who's wanting to know, I mean, he's, he's begging for that information by the way, you know, I know there's some sorry guys out there. I hear stories of just, I can't even believe what's out there now, but, but a, a lot of guys, you know, I would say all my friends or what have you, they really are interested in, in their, what their wife feels. They really want to know um, what makes it great. And whether that's said over the kitchen table the next morning or, or in the heat of the moment and just, so I'm just encouraging women to really verbalize and then, be transparent. And then once you, there's transparency and then a lot of trust and the, and the husband is really, you know, proves trustworthy and, and, you know, he can handle the small things. He can handle the, the list, the chores, the, um, which, you know, guys should be really glad to do when those are all, uh, um, apparent, then that unwinding, that mental, um, your mind can unravel. And, and then that's when, the, we call it the parasympathetic. The that's when arousal, desire, and arousal just really start skyrocketing. I believe that women can really achieve great and pleasurable sex, no matter how numb or or dead or um, just how unfeeling it can be. I had a lady; she was we we did a procedure on her, and she just got back to you know just to great. Actually, she was just she went from I think her words were from a zero to a hundred. In fact, she's trying to make her husband come in and do some work now. And she went from having zero feeling. So I think she was about maybe 50 or so. So early menopausal. And she remembers when she was quote 38, she couldn't feel anything anymore. And I said, why do you remember that year? And she said, well, we were in Europe and you know, they were doing it. And she said, "I, I just sat there and I went, I don't feel this anymore. And it was really sad. So when she was telling me the story, she started tearing up. So here she is at 50 tearing up because now it's all back. And, um, you know, in that case, it was a procedure, but sometimes it's hormones and there are issues with that. So there's not anything wrong with the women. There are things. And from my functional medicine where what we're learning is at least in, in, um, and many studies have been done since say the seventies and eighties, when we really started being able to test for hormones, by the way, hormones are extremely difficult to test for. They're not in micrograms or milligrams or micrograms. They're in picograms and nanograms, which are just almost, there is no 
nothing to measure there. It's almost unmeasurable. So that's one thousandths and one ten thousandths of each of those. So those hormones are down. It looks like about 60% in two generations. So those are the hormones of pleasure. That's what takes my um, pre-puberty um, kids into teenagers is, um, is hormones. So that little tiny infinitesimally small dose of hormones makes them, you know, makes them grow and think differently and get more brave and get more, um, you know, just, just start thinking more for themselves. It's, it's a wonder to watch. So I have a 15, a 14 and a 12 year old soon to be 13. I wasn't kidding when they just really started popping out once we figured out the infertility thing. Yeah. (laughs) um, I have five kids now, but, but I watched them grow and I watched the influence of those hormones. So, you know, they're not hurting for hormones, but as adults, there's a lot of problems there and, and it's due to a lot of things, but everything from your plastic water bottle that you leave in your car to your second ingredient in, in almost all shampoos and, and um, can be mercury in your, in your fillings and things like that. They affect that teeny system that's trying to circulate and find a receptor. Um, these hormones are made in your pelvis and, um, and when you're highly stressed, that seems to lower it. When we eat a lot of sugar in our diets, when we don't get good sleep, it looks like our cell phones and, and the, the tendency to have Wi-Fi and stuff are affecting how hormones are produced because it's affecting the quality of our sleep. Mm-hmm. So all interesting. Um, those are all proven. Those are not woo-woo. Those are really quite serious. Do you, and um, we do okay. things to protect our, our own children from those things. Do, do you think that um, like uh, regular masturbation uh, helps to like increase your sex drive and to keep those hormones present? There's no question. So um, if it's a dead system, it can be reborn. You know, it's almost like a plant that's been in a closet. And then all of a sudden you pull it out, put it in the sunshine, give it some water. It, it wants to, it, it want, it'll bring the energy. The, wire, the hard wiring is there. The hormones can be produced. And, um, you know, I, I do recommend those kind of watching those things I just said. But, but and particularly for someone who's older, I mean, I think it's easier for someone your, your age. Um, young adult where, you know, you're closer to having high hormone levels, but hormones absolutely change women and and men's lives when they're low. So I think that's why a lot of people are numb. But when I I bring up masturbation, um, can't believe, you know, if if I looked at myself 20 years ago, I'd never thought myself talking about it, but actually I talk (laughs) about it all the time every day. And because women have to, they have to learn their body. They have to, you know, map it, you know, um, what they call a sensate focus, just figure out what does feel good. And it may not feel good right this second, but with time and just putting a little energy, um, undisturbed energy when the kids are asleep and husbands at work or, or what have you, just time where you're not going to be interrupted and, um, and not to get to a goal when it's one of the things I love treating. Probably my favorite thing of all is, is really hopeless people that are interested in fixing their inability to have any orgasms. But um, you know, just 15 minutes a day, no end in sight, not till orgasm, but just, and it's amazing to see the, um, uh, the kind of the sigh, like it's okay. You know, I don't know, if, you know, I don't, I don't think even in the Bible Belt, people are being taught that it's bad or wrong. I've never heard that in, in my life, but, um, you know, I watched, we phrase kids, you know, you're watching a movie or whatever you think it's okay and your five-year-old sitting there and all of a sudden there's 
two people immediately having sex. You didn't see it coming, you know, so you kind of, oh, yeah. what do you do? You, you know, cover their eyes or whatever. So is that saying, Hey, that's a bad thing. And I've watched our, you know, our, our attitudes. And then we kind of try to talk about it and tell them what's going on. And then we'll open that door when it's, when it's time kind of thing is how we've addressed it. But, um, it is, a um, I don't know what gives, what, represses people but you know there's nowhere that masturbation is wrong i've never heard anybody say it the bible doesn't say it i mean it's just even in the bible belt it's not being taught and yet people have some shame to it i do think your your group and and is better than say my group as far as being a little older so they love it. They love hearing that it's okay. And a lot of them will do it and they get better. They absolutely get better. And they start ascending the, the ladder to better and, and uh, better orgasms. The great thing is in different types, I mean, so, and, and better orgasms. And when they do, when they gain that, that it's amazing to watch the empowerment and how women just get more, I'm not sure what the word is. It's just a, a ability. They find their voice mm-hmm. and they're able to, um, you know, just speak to their partner and say, Hey, and I don't know why they didn't have it before. I'm talking about successful women that are, you know, they're at the top of their careers. Oh, I, they have I know. 50 employees or what have you. Oh, I, I, but I, they I find their voice. More. Yeah. You're so on point with everything that you're saying. Ab- absolutely. Um, I think it almost has, so, so I, I think that it's, it's, okay. So I think that a lot of society has been very focused on male pleasure. I mean, like you could see it in porn, you know, I feel like more times than not, like the porn is over when the man ejaculates, right? Well, you know, after I had my last guest on and we were talking about, um, uh, doms and subs and shibari, I, I learned that like sex Sex isn't about every, basically everything we've been taught is it's, it's wrong. Sex is uh, more about the act, engaging in something pleasurable, whether, whether that's with yourself or another person or multiple people. But I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that when a woman orgasms and really figures out how to touch themselves, it's awakening a part of them, um, even mentally, that just like knows what they want. And when they know what they want on like such a deep personal level, I feel like it makes it easier for them uh, going about their lives and making decisions in their career and in their relationships. And they're just, you're right. It's, it's like an empowerment that they have. Um, And I, and I definitely felt that. Um, But, but going back. uh, That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But, but going back to, um, uh, I wanted to talk about like the psychology um, because I know like a lot of my listeners, they're, they're more in like the 20 to like late thirties range. I wanted to talk about like the psychology of, uh, of orgasming because uh, like, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of my listeners aren't married. They're still dating around. They're still hooking up. And that's kind of like the, not in a bad way. I still date around and I still hook up. Um, but, but I guess what I'm saying is a lot of, a lot of these relationships do lack um, emotional support and emotional intimacy. And I also think it's paired with the fact that like women have, don't really know how to touch themselves. Um, and uh, 
See, now I lost my point in my notes. Ah, oh yeah, emotional trauma. Well, let me say one thing. Why, why you... Oh, go for it. I was going to say why, why you why why you gather your thought. The um, you know, it's a you 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 speak of it almost like it's a high. Like you you know, you're obviously um, uh, I I can hear it in your voice, right? Well, it's the same for the for the partner. So when the guy sees that, and it's like, oh my gosh. What, what have I just done? I had a, I had a friend and, and um, did some work on his wife and she, she was just basically hopeless. She was pretty young, maybe mid forties. Um, I call that young and, um, and should be having best sex of her life. Kids are grown out of, out of the home. And um, for a lot of women, it is some of the very best times. Well, she was just completely dead in the water. Well, we got her better and just basically back. And, and, you know, in her words, I think she said, I'm like, feel like a 21 year old again, or like we, when we first um, um, got married, but he was, he called me one time and I said, you know, I was just asking him kind of how he's doing and basically about life. I really wasn't thinking of this other. And he said, man, the other night I was like, dude, I am the man. And, you know, you could just see his chest swell with pride over the phone and uh, it was just awesome, you know, it's just, and so in this work, when you fix one, you fix two and uh, just awesome for, for both of you. And then the relationship builds and grows and, and gets tighter and, and, you know, you just, um, you know, more and more affair proof and more trusting and, and more vulnerability. And then when you, when they hold up that, that part of the trust and you become more vulnerable and then it gets better and better and louder and, you know, to your waking the neighbors. Oh, oh, I, I, I could definitely see that and agree with that. Um, I was, I read a book, uh, last year called pussy, a reclamation. And, uh, there was a whole chapter on like what it means to turn on a woman and, and basically how, I mean, sex is, sex is great, but like when the woman is fully turned on, sex is better for both. Um, and I, and I think like, the energy of, of what's going on between the two people, let's just say we're talking in a, like a monogamous situation, um, is amplified, uh, purely due to the woman and, and how comfortable she is. Uh, I don't understand why that is. Um, but there's just something about the feminine energy, uh, and the sexual energy that it brings when, when a woman is fully comfortable and vulnerable and, you know, and enveloped in her, herself, um, and sharing that with another person. Uh, that's, that's basically what the, the chapter was getting at was just how, you know, men do right for your woman because ultimately it's going to do right for you. It's so obvious. Yeah. You know, in every animal in the king, animal kingdom that I know of, I'm a big outdoorsman and, um, you know, in every animal that you that's out there to hunt or whatever they're all the males have to perform and have to win and have to um you know prove himself or something it's not just something she just walks up and they do there's 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 something to that of the female psyche that has to be um penetrated traded you know mentally and you know sexually of course but it's it starts there's a lot more to it it's not just they're not a light switch bringing it back around to that thought i had earlier i wanted to talk about um just real quick because i didn't even tell you about this it just came to mind but emotional trauma i think that's something that i too suffered from 
Um, I was uh, raped a few years back. And ever since then, my, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of blocked it out. It's not something that like sits very heavy on my heart. Um, and, you know, I've definitely worked through it or I am working through it. But I will say that when I've had sex after that, even when I've wanted to enjoy it, there's just always something, it's just not as great as it could be. And I definitely feel like it's totally on my part. And um, I just wasn't sure if you've ever helped any patients uh, through emotional trauma or if you've actually seen uh, or, you know, documented situations where um, people literally cannot have an orgasm or pleasure themselves due to emotional trauma. For sure. Well, I read a study where I forget the exact ages, but this was young women. Half of them had either be, I think the words were strongly coerced or raped. So obviously strongly coerced, hopefully that was more but um, than the rape, but all of them awful, but half, nearly half. It was quite amazing. So yes, it's something we see all the time and it, and it won't, they'll check no on the form that there was no trauma, but then later it'll start coming out. By the way, that doesn't always prevent orgasms. It's kind of interesting. If you look at the average woman who's never had an orgasm, that, that's, there's usually not a traumatic history. Um, it's, it's other factors. But uh, um, people can have um, uh, trouble after trauma. I mean, they definitely obviously do. But as far as orgasms, it's interesting. They may have this thing where they can only orgasm with a new person and not with repetitive. Like as you get closer, that kind of, and they may do better. They maybe do better with a um, uh, more of a hookup type. So there's some emotional issues. I do a lot of, a lot of what we do is trying to get the, the brain or the mind to come out from the fight or flight. So, you know, uh, every cell of our body has two nerves going to it, which is an amazing circuitry if you think about it. And, and that circuitry, by the way, comes into play when you talk about other types of orgasms versus just the clitoral. But every cell, every cell, blood, blood cells, are the only thing, but every other cell has a um, nerve that's going to it. And that nerve is either saying, run for your life, there's a lion chasing us, or relax and sit under the coconut tree with your umbrella drink and prepare for when the lion is gonna run after us again. So hopefully we're in a lot more, we call that parasympathetic. So kind of the rest, relax, detox, which is important, de-stress, repair, and get nutrients back into the cell, those nutrients being the things we eat, and it can be minerals or vitamins and, and um, you know, macronutrients, protein, et cetera. When those get into the cell, cells function well, they're more orgasmic, they think more clearly, they have less pelvic pain, they have less interstitial cystitis. So with every chronic medical condition I see, getting people out of that fight or flight feeling is, is really key to getting them where their bodies can go back to healing. So when in rape or, or uh, some, any kind of trauma, PTSD, like in war or what have you, the, the body wants to really go back to that um, anxiousness. And I'm kind of squinching up and kind of going into that fetal position where I'm just, you know, if somebody shoots a gun behind you, you kind of jerk. And well, the brain wants to go there more easily. It, um, it's, it creates a really quick path. So, we, we say in our business, neurons that fire, that fire together start wiring together. And mm-hmm. so the more that gets wired, 
the quicker you are to anxiousness and insomnia and uh, startle reflex. And then the harder it is for that guy or that partner to unwind you, so to speak. And it, and it just, and then as you do, you all of a sudden you open up this vulnerability. It's like, Oh my gosh. And then you, you, you pull back and there goes the, um, you know, back to the fetal position. So you pull back the trench coat or, or back, you know, pull so you can cover up mentally, emotionally, and, and your heart. That absolutely can be unwound. Um, it just takes time, particularly. Um, therapists are very helpful. They, they, speed, in, they speed up the course um, or quicken the course and, um, and can be very helpful. But nothing like a, 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 an engaged communicating partner who, you know, really wants to help you as well. I mean, I think that's really key to, to oh. healing there. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing makes me hornier than somebody who wants to actually engage in me and talk and communicate with me. Uh, you would you would think it would be some sort of sex toy, but really it's just communication and transparency. I've heard that for years. That's exactly right. Women would throw all their toys in the garbage, I think, if they could get someone who listens and cares and and keeps questioning and and lets them walk away from the conversation, turns off the TV, doesn't look over their shoulder. You know, they, you know, that, that type of relationship, priceless and um, unfortunately kind of rare, but I think every man, I mean, I guess there's few terrible exceptions, but every man, every woman, everybody wants that. I don't think women have a, um, a corner on that market. They want it too. I think, um, they're more transparent. Yes, no. Ask them a question. You're going to get the, the first answer is going to be the answer generally. Whereas not necessarily with a, with my wife. She'll explain that if she's going to tell me something. She'll think about it all day. And then and then when she tells me, she won't even come up with what she had thought about all day. And, I, you know, it's just it's just awesome. That's who she is. And, and uh, she'll say it a whole different way than what she was thinking about all day. And, and I would never do like that. That's just not how a man does. He, he says what he's thinking. Um, they'll go, go into a shell, as we all know, and kind of go off into their cave, and that's okay. I would recommend let them go. But then when they come back, they 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 want that closeness. They want it. They need it too. They need intimacy greatly. They're missing it. So I wanted to talk about. Um, I think this is great segue because I mean we've kind of addressed a lot of this, but um, in the notes I was saying that uh, I, I was asking if you've heard about the orgasm gap. I know it was in the book, but I wasn't sure if you've personally yes, heard about it. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yes, yes. For the listeners that don't, um, the statistic is from, um, there's actually multiple t- statistics, but this statistic comes from a college classroom uh, from the author of the book, Becoming Cliterate. And it's 55% of men and 4% of women report having an orgasm during a first encounter hookup. Basically, I just want to know, because I think it has so much to do with lack of emotional intimacy, lack of education surrounding, well, I guess women knowing their bodies and men um, not knowing how to pleasure a woman. And well, really, that's all I, that's, those are the only two factors that I know about. I mean, what, what do you think contributes to the orgasm gap and, and how are we going to have more orgasms? Yeah, right. Everybody needs more. By the way, you can, you can, you can there's interesting studies. I, um, I did a lot of Corona um, at, at you know, educating myself and, and uh, been studying it literally nonstop for, for 45 days or so. 
And um, one of my things to on my Facebook, I wanted people to kind of stop and listen. But so my catchphrase for the title was "Sex Prevents Corona." If you have sex twice a week, you it is proven that your immune system improves. And it wasn't a little; it was dramatically um, versus those who weren't. So our so orgasms affect our immune system, our anxiousness, our tendency to depression, our energy and fatigue and chronic medical conditions. In a study of men, and I'm sure it's true in women, um, if, if they had sex twice a week, they had 50% less heart attacks. By the way, conventional therapy, you take you know the, the four pills and, and all this stuff, you lower your risk 50%. So having sex twice a week, if you weren't, is as good as taking all your pills. So if you if you do both, odds are it's going to improve. By the is way, that, sex gets that, people out of fight or flight. But is that for masturbation as well? Sex. This was a intercourse study. I would say yes because the body. Uh, I don't think it's as good. Great, great sex with a with a partner is um, you know probably better than the best self pleasure you could do. Sure. But I think it's fantastic. I, I think uh, yeah. I would I would bet that it's um, close, but talking with people, I would say that it that great slow wonderful sex, which is not three minutes. You know that's like a sneeze. Guy's done. Woman fakes it. They roll over. That is not sex. I don't know what that is, but that's what a lot of people um, live with. But great slow sex probably lowers the stress factor for three days. I, it's very um, consistent through couples. I hear this because I talk, I'm always talking about fight or flight and stress and relaxation and the opposite of stress, going for walks, going outdoors, doing your thing, yoga. Yoga probably lasts two days. Great sex probably lasts three days. I've never read that. I'm almost certain it's true, though. But it, going back to anatomy and just people not really knowing and, and the, about the orgasm gap, and, that, and that's true in, in um, even in, you know, long-time married people, there's a gap. So there's a gap at any age, any, um, any amount of, um, you know, however long you've been with someone, there's, there's still a gap. Women have less orgasm. But um, I think that I remember this right. There, there was a study that, that 60% of women thought the clitoris was inside the vagina. The vagina being like the, the opening, the hole, the sheath, the whole mm-hmm. sheath and not outside, not above. So 60% of women. So most women don't know where it is. That is insane. Men actually did better. Men actually did better on knowing a woman's anatomy. You can believe that or not. As clueless as we are. Oh my God. So yeah, get the mirror out. It's, it's, um, I think people can learn a lot. I think that the average listener really can learn a lot about their body. I mean, a lot. I mean, like five times what you already know. And, and hopefully, you know, your listeners are, um, I assume young adults and they can, they can, they know a lot, but there's, there's so many different levels. Oh, I'm, I'm discovering this. I really am. I, I thought, I'm telling you, I really thought I knew my body. I've, I'm very proud of how well I know my body. And then I just, learned how much I don't know my body when I start reading a book about it. And it's honestly, I I can, I look at my vulva now and I just, I think it is a very beautiful thing, but I've never sat there and stared at it. And if you are a, um, a heterosexual female, like 
you're not going to see a lot of vaginas as opposed if you're bisexual, pansexual, lesbian, it's just not something that's like in your face. You know, we know more about, I feel like the male anatomy, uh, for, for sure. And, and I think that it, our pleasure begins, you know, again, and I, I hate to say this, but it, it starts with the orgasm gap, I think starts with women having to sit down in front of that mirror and figure out their bodies. And then two, being able to, uh, you know, get vulnerable with the right person. Um, and then let's see, knowing yourself, being vulnerable. Oh, and then educating. I, I do think that also, you know, it's not just women that need to be educated, but men, men need to be a little bit more educated on, on how to touch and caress the vagina. Or, well, not just the vagina, sorry, um, the vulva. Uh, but, but what I found to be very interesting um, was like how different every vagina is. And I read that... Uh, that like the nerve endings, uh, like, so there's so many nerve endings that, you know, are, are in, in the vulva. Um, but depending on, on, you know, the, the way your anatomy works, uh, you could have like 5,000 nerve endings in your clips and then another 10,000 in your lips or whatever. But, and that could be different for somebody else who has bigger lips and a smaller clit. Uh, but it's, it, it really does vary woman to woman, depending on like your, your shape. Um, and I mean, is, is this true? I don't know. I, I, I did not read that it, that it uh, varies depending on like your shape, but I'm assuming that because every vagina is so different, they have to be wired differently. Right. Oh my gosh. I just can't even tell you. So there was a guy who took, maybe it was a woman, I, but there's a, there's this thing going around that you'll see. It's like a, a maybe a hundred or maybe it's a thousand vaginas on a poster made out of plaster Paris. Not one of them are alike. I've never seen two that were alike. They're way more alike than faces or, you know, butts or whatever. They're, they're just very, very different. So the, when I said that the average woman has pretty significant numbness or it's not as pleasurable as it could be, whether it's low hormones or stress or what have you, one of the other factors to really enjoying it is it's being able to release negative thoughts, not holding grudges, being sure to communicate the what's causing the angst. And I don't just mean sexually, but just, you know, did he take out the garbage or did he, you know, do whatever? Is he helping with the kids? He pick, did he remember to pick up from the store what I asked him to pick up? All those things. Now, you, they have to be solved. There are a problem. But if you keep looking for um, tough things, you can get so... And, and not communicating with me. I'm not, I'm not saying those aren't important. They're very important. That's why they make you mad or frustrated. But they also hurt you in the bedroom. And the great thing about great sex is they also erase a lot of those feelings so that you can say, hey, dude, why didn't you go to the grocery store? Why did you not whatever, you know, I asked you to do? I really meant it. And, and then you do it without anger because it's just communicating because you're so close now. So, you know, I'm not saying don't get onto us. We deserve it. We messed up. We did forget what we did, but being able to release that and, and just kind of, um, um, and, and then be yourself. I think, um, a lot of women will, uh, men, men do this too. They'll kind of laugh and joke and, and almost like it's a little bit of a game and, and, um, it's kind of, they're kind of being reflective and they're not really present, you know, listening and, uh, um, just asking questions, spending time. You know, turn off the daggum TV or video game 
and spend time, you know, as soon as you get home from work, eat something and then get busy and then just see what happens over time. You know, it shouldn't be an afterthought after you finally are tired and you go to bed. That's not how it should be. It should be something that's really, um, you know, those, those things really enhance the whole, um, sexual process the ability to orgasm and feel and get that pleasure back because that stirs the juices you know that creates the the desire the arousal that's irreplaceable but just won't it just won't happen in a, in a short while I've, I've i've heard that being present is very important because like it's if you go into it with a goal in mind like i have to make her come you know, or I have to make him come, you know, the whole time you're thinking about, Oh, does this feel right? Do I look okay? Is my belly tucked in? Oh my God. What about like my leg fat? Um, you know, men are over here. Like, I don't know. Is my, is my, is my dick big enough? Do I look, do I look satisfactory to her instead of just being in the moment and releasing all of that and, and being with somebody and just being able to enjoy everything about that person. Um, that's, that's really what it's about. But like, I mean, I've, I, I, you know, I, I, um, I was seeing this guy for like five months and, um, we had never slept together. And finally we, we, we ended up sleeping together this year and I was so disappointed <laughs> because the whole time I think in my head, I had just worked it up that it was going to be such a great event. You know, and I think in his head, he had worked it up to be something amazing and like mind blowing as well. And then finally, when it came time to do it, that we ran into so many issues. Oh, he can't get hard enough or, oh, I don't like, I, I was just like, do I look okay? And it was just so not fluid and honestly ridiculous. The whole thing was ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't finish. He almost didn't finish. And I think it's just because the whole time we were, we had this goal in our head of, of this has to be mind blowing. I, I have to make it good. I think that um, I don't know. That may be more common uh, than not. The um, but but I I think great sex is not the first time and the second and the tenth or the hundredth. But when you start learning how to drive, it's not like my fifteen year old who's learning how to drive now. You know, he's got it a week into it. He he hasn't seen everything yet. But, you know, he's got it. It's no big deal. But as far as his partner in the future, that is going to take some skill. He will have to develop that. He's not going to learn it by necessarily reading books, though it will help him. And I think there's a lot, probably a lot more literature out there now for, for stuff like him. That's one of the reasons probably doing this podcast. So my kids can kind of hear it and hear me kind of say these things. But you have to be a master. I mean, you have to figure this out. It's not a... um it is not downloaded anywhere. And even if you go to a site and you learn things and you go to some kind of quote school, online school or what have you, you're not going to learn how to do it. I mean, then it's like goal oriented and it's like, okay, I learned this. Let's try this. No, that doesn't work either. You've got to unwind that mind to kind of push down all the, the, um, that fight or flight, get to that real relaxed moment, high trust, high vulnerability, and then learn which direction, where exactly, um, what speed. And today's speed is different than yesterday's speed. And, okay, enough there now, do this. I mean, you're, it's like, 
I imagine it's harder than flying the space shuttle. I can't imagine what that's like, but, and not harder as in difficult, but just, it's a, it's a, a great puzzle, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right way. That's, that has a connotation of it's, it's hard and it's not any fun or whatever. It's not. The pleasure is worth the journey. The journey is like a diff, going to a different place. So it's not boring. It's, it, it's different. And, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, we need to talk about different types of orgasms too, before we get, get, um, finished here. Cause, um, I just think women need to really know about them. And so they can kind of yeah, so see what I they're actually, capable of. My last question to you before I was going to go, because our, our listener questions kind of get into wanting to know more about, you know, all of our pleasurable areas and the anatomy of the woman before we segue over to that, uh, I was just going to ask you because you do, I mean, I love that you keep bringing up your children and I'm so interested to know what, what, uh, they, they think about all this, but I know when I was in school, our sex education was absolute, just honestly shit. They taught us what, uh, you know, the male anatomy was and they taught us like half of the female anatomy and then gave us condoms and said, don't have sex. But if you do, here's a condom kind of thing. So there was no, there, you know, the, right. there's so many things. Uh, one, the fact that they, they describe sex purely as penetration when like, I hate that, you know, uh, oral sex is described as foreplay as if it's something that is, uh, the, something that comes before the actual act when in, like when it's self oral is sex, you know, you can have sex without penetration. Uh, so, so if you were your, this is going to be a, a weird question, but if you were your kid's sexual education teacher, or if you could give the curriculum to your kid's sexual education teacher, what would you want them to teach your kids about sex? I think Every woman needs to hear, every girl needs to hear, never fake an orgasm. It's counterproductive. There's no reason for it. It says all the wrong things. And I just, I just would strongly encourage never to do that. Um, I don't even know if they talk about orgasm. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, if the person talking does not enjoy sex and doesn't paint it in a great light, they're not doing anybody any good. We're talking children here. Um, you know, I don't know what age you start. It seems like they need to start younger and younger. But um, we tried to get ahead of that curve. But as far as our own kids, but I think they need to know masturbation is okay. I think they need to know figure yourself out. It's pleasurable. It's not wrong. This is not dirty. And whether it's from the parent or a school system or what have you. And I guess parents aren't doing it. So I don't know. I, I just think that ought to be in the discussion in the, should this or should this not be in the curriculum? Those, those things are, are, I think, important. They're going to find out. I mean, the pornography is pervasive now. I've never seen, never even heard of until recently that, you know, in one week I had a 20 and a 25 year old guy call us because they were having erectile problems that did not exist in my day so we have 30 year olds in fact the percentages the percentages follow age so in the 50s it's a 50 percent chance of issues when you're 80 it's 80 percent by the way i once wrote viagra for a a, a 99 year old guy 
and uh, he did need it when he was 98. Uh, a common myth is that, uh, you know, women just drop out of the sex game. That is not true. You can retain orgasms your entire life. And I have women who can, can do that in their 80s. I've done procedures on people as old as 89. And I had one even recently with a different problem, um, incontinence. Um, she was 101. If you can believe that. Oh my gosh. So, um, so the human body is capable of, of some amazing things. These are uh, questions from the listeners. Um, and honestly, I, I received a, multiple questions from men asking if you could help them uncomplicate the vulva and figure out how to, I guess, in, in the best way possible, uh, a broad way to pleasure their women can you make can you make female pleasure more simpler for the for the men out there that are just trying to do right for their women and for the ladies that are trying to do right for their women sure of course i'm happy to do that but i can tell a guy asked the question because he's thinking anatomy he's thinking parts you know a ratchet a screwdriver a saw he's thinking what do i do to make her feel pleasure and that's hardly it there is some technique um, and, and places that we will discuss, but you don't just go and do. That's just, that's so far, and I know you'll agree, that's just so far from um, what's effective. What's effective is how he carries himself, how he's confident, how he makes eye contact, how he talks with you, how he, um, you know, you're the only important thing in his life while he's talking with you. He's not on a stupid cell phone or that's where it starts. And then be ultra trustworthy. I mean, it just if you say it, you do it. If you if you even hint at it, do it. Deliver. Um, you know, I'm a little old fashioned. I'm a lot older. I think I, I'm afforded that. But you know, it. Uh, I I know my wife appreciates this. But like, if we're in a crowd, walking through a concert or something, then um, you know, I'll hold her hand, and and she's told me she really likes that. It was just out of the blue. It was just interesting. I wouldn't have you know, just kind of quote looking out for her. She doesn't need looking out for her. She's raised five kids. She's an amazing woman, but um, she just appreciates that. And, and I love that feminine part of her. Um, she likes when I get the door for her still those type things. She tells me that those are turn ons for her. If I do the dishes, if I um, make the bed, those things do something for her. She thinks about it all day when, when I do those kind of things. So then there's anatomy and that's what the question is. But to the guys, I'm talking to myself. When I got married, I wish I'd have heard what I just said. So I figured that out. She was a, she was a good teacher. Um, they all aren't they're, they, they're usually not. And, um, you know, there's probably a lot more she could have said earlier on, but, but, um, you know, that, I think that's how you guys are wired. And, and that's okay. You don't want to ask and tell the guy what to do. Cause then if he does it, you don't know if it's genuine or not. So that's kind of the trick. So I can tell the guys, that's what, that's what you guys may want. Sometimes um, I'm not speaking for everyone, everybody, every woman out there, um, but anatomy. So uh, the clitoris is at the top or at the apex. And it is, it has up to 8,000 nerve endings. A male, a penis has 4,000. So when you talk about sensitive, how you touch the clitoris is so important. It should be late in the game. 
It's not an early attack this type thing. She'll love it. No, she will not. She may even hate it. It may feel awful in the beginning. So it really takes time. It takes time to get her brain in tune. You know, you were just talking about you when you were with that guy after five months, you're thinking, oh, do I look, do I look this way? And every woman thinks those ways. It's, it's, it's funny. By the way, let me let women off the hook a little bit. I know they won't listen to this, but it is the gospel truth. Men do not care. I'm not saying we're blind and just, you know, so aroused that we don't care. We don't care. We love you. We're there for a reason. We could be with that other girl. We're not. We're right here with you. So that whatever, everybody worries about their muffin top, especially when they, they're older and stuff, or whatever. Whatever you guys think about, you need to just quit because we're not thinking about that. We're probably thinking about what I'm talking about now. What's next? Where does this feel good and blah, blah, blah. But clitoris late in the game, pressure, um, speed, uh, intensity. You have to move, have to change over and over and over and over again. Even if it felt great, we'll suddenly start feeling terrible. So leads to um, a certain orgasm. Fantastic. Everybody wants to get there. Just below that, above the urethra, where, where pee comes out, which is above the vagina, the opening. So the opening, the vagina, by the way, means sheath. So above the sheath of the vagina is the urethra. Above that, circling it, and on the sides is the U-spot, um, can be very pleasurable to some. That's one of those things where maybe numb, have zero sensation, but later it will pick up and, and start having great sensation. It likes a really light touch, not a push, but a light stroke. Um, that's where oral sex can just be fabulous there. Um, you said this is the U spot? In the vagina, U, uh-huh. Okay, Like cool. UV, WXYZ, oh, U spot. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's an upside down horseshoe. So if the woman's on her back, so on the sides and above the urethra. Below it doesn't seem to bring pleasure. The vagina, then um, inside about one finger or less on the top, if she's laying down or to the front, towards the stomach side, the belly side, is the G spot. It is not a spot. It's an area. It feels like it's kind of bumpy, ridged, much like um, ridged like the roof of your mouth. But instead of going kind of in a cave, it's more, it sticks out a little bit. And as she gets more and more aroused, you don't want to typically go there until she is very aroused. Um, it will swell. It will get larger and larger. And that's where um, squirting or ejaculatory orgasms occur. By the way, that area of the vagina is, is, gets a different nerve, um, a set of nerves going to it and a different blood supply completely. So the outer vagina or the, um, uh, I mean, excuse me, in this case, I'm talking about vulva, the, the inner lips that have color to them. The, the clitoris have one blood supply nerve and then when you go inside the g-spot whole different set and then if you go further back above the g-spot or north or towards her her belly button towards her face when you get in front of the cervix and to the cervix is a flat spot real smooth that's called been named the a spot um, it can be a region all around the entire cervix front, sides, and back. The cervix can be sensitive. Other people may like it, but 
just holding a finger there can start to be pleasurable. It can take minutes and even multiple times before any sensitivity is found there. But when it is, and by the way, it has another nerve ending, another um, set of arteries that feed that area, but is leads it, to what's called a cervical orgasm. Or mm-hmm. Is it true that um, the inside, so on the outside of the vulva, it's uh, sensitive to touch, but like on the inside, I've heard that it's sensitive to pressure, not necessarily touch. That's right. So that's how, how y'all are wired. You have pressure nerve endings. So they're little, so just like you have, can have light touch or, or you have to really push something and, and it likes it, you know, the vagina likes it kind of rough, you know, intercourse wise. Um, it can, or it can handle it. Um, some, some like it just still and slow and not even moving or barely in. So everybody's different there and you might like it just in today and really rough tomorrow. Um, like I was saying, but, um, the orgasms that are created at those different spots are very different. So most women haven't had a cervical orgasm, but I think, and I'm pretty sure about this, I think almost all, if not all, can. It just takes time, it takes intention, and it takes figuring it out. Women who have not had an ejaculatory or a squirting orgasm have all they need is a little coaching. I tend to point that out to women when I'm doing a procedure. I'll just say, hey, you know that, you know your G-spot? And they'll go, no. And they all say, no, not really. I'll kind of say what's well, in the top and it's just right there. And, and I kind of do a procedure right there to enhance that. But um, the O shot I was talking about, right. um, if women have lost function or they have urinary incontinence. And, but anyhow, I'll just point that out and they'll go, oh, wow. And so for guys, when they're ready, light touch, in, uh, increasing, increasing, make it longer two fingers faster, faster. You could read the signs. It'll get pretty obvious. And if you, at this point, stay away from the clitoris, you will have a whole different orgasm. And it can be a little, very few drops to just real moist to lots and lots and lots. I think the lots and lots can come. It just takes a while with time. I I say this to women a lot. It's like, Nerves have to be used and stimulated. If you think of your arm when it's been in a cast, when you get your cat, your arm looks terrible, right? It doesn't even work hardly. And, you know, a couple weeks later, it's kind of back to normal and getting bigger and stuff. Well, the the clitoris, the G-spot, the the cervical orgasm, they all have to be um, traveled, right? So it's like a if there's, let's say you you want to take a shortcut through a field that's got a lot of weeds in it, Today it's terrible. Tomorrow it might be a little better. And every time you go through there, eventually it's like a street, you know, and everybody will use that same path. So these paths have to be used. And that's how our nerves are. So even if it's, quote, dead and you're kind of like, I wish I had what he's talking about or she's talking about, I want that. I want it now. Some will have it the night you tell them or the week, you know, until the next follow-up. They'll have figured it out just knowing, you know, kind of giving them permission or whatever, not permission, but, you know, giving them the – encouragement when that pathway gets used and open then that'll it'll start up but that's more of a um the and then the cervix the deeper one the a spot it's called i've heard it called will um lead to a whole body orgasm it's not a up 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 and then down and kind of 
resolving like a clitoral orgasm. It tends to build and be very emotional. There's a chemical that, that is released um, that almost makes the mind transcendent and um, have very spiritual, very um, vision-oriented, um, whole body can tingle, every cell can tingle. That's what I was talking about, these neurological systems that go to every cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, both of those, the, the uh, G spot and the A spot, really, though, they have to be involved. There has to be very significant trust and an openness and a vulnerability. So it, um, per, with persistence, they happen. And, you know, but it's still dependent on, on the partner. There, there has to be some, um, it can't be just because you want it. And if you put it out there as a goal, like, hey, we're going to do this. I learned this new technique. That just kind of kills it too. So you, it has to be a, um, you know, it, it takes time. It takes hours. Like I said, turn the TV off, figure this out, be slow. And, and en- a tip is enjoy the pleasure, enjoy the ride. Don't look for a mountaintop. You're not climbing a mountain. You're traveling, you're journeying, you're relating. And then it just, and then it just happens as a, just as the pleasure mounts and mounts and mounts. So, um, do you think that it's, uh, that you have to have, well, okay, actually I was going to say, because uh, you, you're saying that by stimulating the G spot that, uh, squirting can occur, but can't it occur, uh, through just clitoral stimulation? Because I honestly, and it's quite annoying, uh, ever since I learned that, uh, ever since my body learned how to squirt, um, every time I masturbate and come, I have squirted every single time. Um, but I don't, uh, penetrate. I just, that's um, not typical. Well, I, um, I, I don't think that's, um, ultra common, but there are women who are just fantastic at that. So whether your system is just more developed, like the like the weeds I was just talking about, whether it's a, just a well-traveled path. But something mentioned, by the way, is that it has been shown that the closer the clitoris is to the vaginal opening, the more able a woman is to have a um, orgasm with intercourse. By the way, I think that's yes. important. I think Cosmos about said an that inch. Was a, uh, common question the thumb test from Cosmo the tip of your thumb to your first knuckle that's right the closer that is the better there is something that helps facilitate intercourse about only one in four women can actually have an orgasm with intercourse so if you can't that's not terribly uncommon that is actually the norm so there is something called coital action technique which is where it's more of a grinding one alone can't do it it takes kind of both kind of two to tango where it's more basically the guy his pubic bone is really pressing down and that can make that happen it hasn't been as easy to reproduce as some original work there is a book written on it so it's like c period a period t period coital action technology or technique so that that can be helpful for for that Okay. But I would say that's not real common. I I, um, I know it can be a mess, so that can be annoying, perhaps. So, but so annoying. Yes. If it's just, <laughs> I'm curious if the sensation is just in the pelvis or kind of all over. I'd be kind of curious. Well, I could do some research Mine, for you and get back to you because I'm still reading this book and I, I still have another chapter of self pleasure to go through, and I'm just figuring things out. So, um, 
I am, I'm here to be oh, your great. test subject. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. I love it. So I, I know there are women that can, that find it very, very easy to, to squirt. Okay. Well, so and, but, but the average person, average person listening hasn't found it easy at all. And then they get frustrated to hear that same story because they, they want to be involved too. And the guy does too. The guy wants to be a part of that. Yeah. So. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, I've definitely, it, it definitely ruins it when somebody knows that that's a common theme for you and then you have sex and that doesn't happen. Uh, definitely. I've heard makes them feel like a failure, but I, it's something you didn't mention. And I, I wanted to mention was um, I, I like that you went into detail about um, orgasming through the G spot and the A spot, but um, you also mentioned that you know it's it's one in four women have an orgasm through just penetration alone. So would you suggest uh, penetration paired with clitoral simulation? For sure, either either person, yes. Okay, cool. I was just you didn't say that, and I was like, hold on, I just need to like I need to make sure that that is stated because I feel like you, it, it, it's a little bit of both. And, and I understand with everything that we're saying, it could be really easy to get in your head about it. Um, because ultimately I think it just goes back to just do what feels right and communicate with each other. Uh, but this is all knowledge that's really great to have. So you can communicate with the other person, you know, um, everybody has different tugs and pulleys and kind of like a bop it, you know, everyone's, Everyone's different, needs to be touched differently. Um, That's so, right. Uh, and it so, changes. It, it, oh, yeah. Oh, I, have you heard? Have you heard uh, due to the, um, so like the female's menstrual cycle, you know, there's a week where we're on our period. There's a week where we're very creative. There's another week where we're very uh, sexually aroused. And there's just a week where we're like, we don't want to be touched. And it's all due to like our, our hormones and how, you know, they uh, the levels of them throughout our menstrual cycle, uh, monthly cycle. I don't know if you knew anything about that. Yeah, for sure. So it's a big deal. So around ovulation, particularly, I mean, you can think, my gosh, has my wife been drinking as soon as you, as soon as you walk in the door kind of thing, <laughs> much, much stronger desire then. Oh, absolutely. But each, each time is different and, and, um, sex during the cycle is not necessarily a turn off for guys. I would say, um, I think women would almost always worry about that, but it can be quite pleasurable. It feels different. It's a whole different, um, um, feeling and sensation, but can feel great. By the way, orgasms can stop the, the painful cycles really quickly, like even immediately or near immediately. By the way, a lot of women who have painful cycles, this is a great tip for some of your listeners, is, is uh, the lack of fish oil or omega-3s in our diet, flaxseed oil, um, can, can be the cause of painful cycles. And, and just taking it can absolutely make them go, all go away. Oh, really? I've never heard that. Like, that is whole new information for me. I've heard that mas like masturbating or having sex on your period uh, helps alleviate cramps. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's, it's funny because like, that's like the one time of the, you know, the one week out of the month where every woman's like, no, well, not every woman. I mean, I'm not opposed to it if my partner's not opposed, but uh, 
I mean, I, I know that I, I and a lot of other women can attest to the fact that yes, we are damn horny when we are bleeding. And usually that's the time where we don't get a lot of sex. And that's the funny thing to me. Well, okay. So I've got two more questions for you. If you have the time and we can wrap I do, it up. Sure. Perfect. Okay. So, um, this one comes, uh, specifically from, and she will love that I'm name dropping. This one comes from Emily. Uh, and she asks, depending on the look, and I think you kind of already addressed this. So if you kind of want to just, you know, give like a, a run through on it, um, depending on the look slash shape of a female's vulva, does that have an effect on the way stimulation feels to a woman? I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the question about, you know, men and masturbation, well, but you know, you, you, you answer that. So like out of the box, I would say, no, every, everyone is capable of feeling ultimate pleasure. I believe that barring some serious, you know, anatomical problem. I think the wiring is there for greatness. That being said, by the way, there is a tremendous range of desire and ability to orgasm. I've had many women who can say that they can have an orgasm just by thinking about it, even into their 60s. Um, and then at least four to nine percent of women have never had an, an orgasm at all. So that's quite a range. That's a huge, that's a, a huge bell-shaped curve that has tremendous variation in it. But um, I, things do change with time. So a couple of our procedures, you might think they're for aesthetics. Like if things, if you have a baby, and I said things, but let me be clear. If the vulva or the labia majora, that would be the larger lips, or the labia minora, if they've kind of lost, we call it collagen, if they've lost volume and kind of more droopy, then it changes the angle of sex. And so that can definitely be enhanced. So when we started doing those procedures, it was more an add-on. It was just one of those things. But the report was, wow, clothes feel better. Sex is much more enjoyable. That was a common theme. So I almost always at least bring it up if they're wanting maybe a vaginal laser on the inside, I always kind of bring it up and I kind of lean them towards it if they're open to my suggestion. And they're always like, well, no, I'm okay with, and, and I'm not so well. And it's, it's awkward because you don't want them to think it's about looks at all, of course. Um, but it is a, um, it is a factor. I don't think I would say no to the question though, I guess of how it's asked it, unless you're talking about later in life, then I would say yes. But I would say it's more something with the nerves and use and, and just maybe hormone levels or what have you. So I think everyone can have ultimate pleasure, regardless of how things, I guess, sort of looks. Yeah, I think what she more wanted to know is probably the, honestly, for science, her and I got on FaceTime and both sat in front of a mirror and picked apart each other's vaginas. Uh, just so we could both see how different it was so not awkward. And that's the strange thing to me, but, um, you know, our, our vaginas are very different. And, um, I guess like the question that came about was, 
Well, do you think if someone were to touch you here, it would feel differently to you than as opposed to this? Or like, what about I touch here and you touch there? Does that feel good? Because it feels good to me. And so it's just interesting that like we have, honestly, what, what she likes is not what I like. And also it, our vaginas look completely different than one another. And she has parts that are a little bit um, more enlarged than I do. And those parts feel good because they they feel better to her because they are bigger. And to me, it's not that they, I don't feel them. It's just like, I don't feel like it's where my pleasure point is at. Yes. That's why mapping is important. I think things can change. I mean, there's a lot of nerve endings there. And if they're not being used, I think women and, and maybe men too can get in a habit of just doing it a certain way, touching a certain part, thinking a certain thought. And, you know, at 11 o'clock or, this circular motion or what have you. And so that area gets the, get, you know, the, like I said, nerves that fire together, wire together. So then those get stronger because that's where the sensation is. That's where the stimulus is. So they get bigger, better, and more sensitive. Whereas the other areas kind of go to sleep. So oh. that may be related to habit or just how you're born or what have you. I have injected the, what's called the labia minora with PRP, which I don't think we've talked about that much, but um, where if it felt really numb and it didn't get better with like addressing it with hormones, maybe a hormone cream, testosterone cream, for example, um, or scream cream, if that didn't help a lot, then I have injected it with PRP, which brings collagen and more blood vessels and better nerve endings or, or fresher, newer nerve endings or what have you, kind of stimulates just growth factors in the area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was people who had had a nose shot and, and it helped them, but they, they realized that they had lost some sensitivity there. You can see it more easily when we do um, nipples, like after breastfeeding, you might have some numbness and it just, and you don't even realize it. They just don't feel as good. So we kind of offer that when we do a, uh, what's called a vampire breast lift, which kind of helps with that look of cleavage. And so, but anyhow, they love that. It's, it's so it's a, it's an injection of PRP behind the nipples and then suddenly they're, they're back to, as good, if not better than they ever were. And you can have intense pleasure with, with nipple stimulation, probably tied to the cervical orgasm as well. I was looking into uh, all those treatments that you provide, and I did not even see that you could offer that within your nipples, but that makes complete sense. I mean, like that is a very sensitive and very sensual and sexual part. I just didn't know it had any connection to uh, our reproductive system you know it's all connected and what's not connected by wires is connected energetically so um i studied chinese medicine just enough to kind of get a feel for it's amazing so what ancient chinese guys Taoists, have figured out of what the human body is capable of is is just i mean they were off the chain they were figuring this stuff out read a lot of that just to learn more myself just to be able to to help people and just from from my wife and i just amazing um, technique and and, uh, discovery that they've made. The body is, average woman has so much more to ascend or or, um, I guess, uh, uh, you know, that journey is just filled with so much pleasure that it's, you know, it's really exciting. There's to be dull or stuck or bored in a sexual relationship is just, is just not happening. That just shouldn't happen. No, not at all. I, you know, I'm just going to save this last question because I've already come to the realization that if you'll, if you'll let me, I'd love to have you on another episode 
later on and uh, we can talk more about uh, all these treatments and, and the logistics behind how you're helping all these women and sure. restoring all the intimacy in these relationships. Cause I, you know, I, I really do. I want to know so much more. Um, well, I just looked at the time. Yeah, we have been talking. Okay. Well, great. Well, I've had a great time. Um, thank you for having me. Been yeah. fun to be able to, talk and talk and talk without worrying about taboos and, <laughs> and, you know, is, is this woman ready for this or what have you? Oh, yeah. I have an interesting comment though. So we have a pelvic health, um, uh, um, email that goes out and, and, uh, it's amazing. No one ever unsubscribed from that. You know, everybody is interested in this, whether they talk about it or not. There was a study of 80, 80 year old people with multiple health problems. They still think about sex. So it's an important topic. It's huge. It's underserved. That's why we're both doing what we do. And, and I love you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Yeah. And um, did, I was going to ask if there is anything that um, I always say, if you want to plug yourself, uh, I, I know you have your medical practice. And, and if you just want to um, talk about how people can get in touch with you or, you know, talk to a certain audience of people. Go ahead and, and shout yourself out. So we're, uh, our, our name is Alabama Functional Medicine. We're in Montgomery, Alabama. And um, we really try to give you um, a natural solution to, um, to whatever the problem is. Today we've talked about sex, but it can be um, a lot of things. Look us up if you need a second opinion that something's not getting better. Thyroid and adrenal glands, migraines, all those kind of things. Yeah, the website is Female Pelvic Care, and the pelvic and the care share the C, femalepelviccare.com. Beautiful. And do you have any um, social media or anything that people can follow you on or ask you questions or anything like that? On Facebook, we're Alabama Functional Medicine. Perfect. And the new podcast I just started, still working on that and haven't quite sent it to my patients yet, is uh, Where's the Intimacy? And that's because I've started that podcast because 83% of women don't feel like they have intimacy in their relationship, which that again is, is why you're doing your thing and why you do my thing. That's a lot of women, isn't it? 83%. Yeah. I mean, that's, ins do you know what the statistic is for men? I do not. Um, I don't know if they know what the word means. I, I know they want it, but they, you know, I'm kind of joking, but uh, they're, they're missing it too. Cause if the wives aren't feeling it, the men aren't feeling it either. Oh, so absolutely. they, they know it can be better. And so what are the, what are the keys? That's what we kind of unravel. That's what, that's what my goal is, is to look at everything, everything from not just better sex, but better relationships in, in every way. Interesting. I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to have you in the loop now. And, and whenever I, uh, I have any pressing questions, just know I'm going to be reaching out to you. Okay. And I'm great. always, I'm always here for research. Okay. If you ever need a, a subject i'm here <laughs> for it and uh, i can't wait to have you back I, I really i really appreciate you coming on today and giving me uh your time and and your your brain and i know that my listeners really appreciate it so thank you great well well thank you dominique thank you again dr mcorder for being our guest here at shame me once if you guys want to know more or have any questions you can find him at alabama functional medicine on facebook or he also has his 
female pelvic care website, uh, Pelvic Care with One C. I'm putting all of this in the show notes. You can also catch him on his own podcast, uh, Where's the Intimacy? You can find that um, on all streaming services. And that is where he just goes deeper into restoring intimacy in relationships. It's really beautiful what his mission is, and I really love what he's doing. So reach out to him. I'm sure he would really appreciate that. So there seems to be a theme, this pattern that I'm picking up on about the importance of transparency and communication when it comes to intimacy and relationships, not only on a sexual level, but on literally the foundation blocks of all relationships. Guys, if we want better sex, ladies, we got to do our part. We got to get down there. We got to get in there. We got to learn about ourselves so we can tell these men what the fuck is up and what the fuck we want, you know, like on a day-to-day basis. So that way, you know, it translates to a sexual basis. That's my spiel. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, review. If you would like to support the podcast, you can click on the support link in the show notes, anchor.fm slash shamemeonce slash support if you want to give on a monthly subscriptional basis, or you can send support via Venmo for a one-time donation. My username is at freedom underscore queendom. Freedom, like freedom underscore queendom like kingdom, but for queens. You get it? Cool. So reach out if you have any questions, feedback, whatever. I'm here for it and I'm here for you. Just give me a follow on Instagram at shamemeonspodcast and I would love to hear from you. I really do. I've I've received a lot of messages from people, some that I know, some that I don't. And I really appreciate that you guys are listening. Not only that, but like I appreciate that you like what I'm doing. So I want to keep putting out content for you And the more feedback that I have, the more I can cater this to you. So I really appreciate those who have reached out, who have rated, who have reviewed. You guys are amazing and I love you. So stay safe out there. Ladies, get down there, get in there, learn about yourselves, figure out what the fuck you want. And uh, honestly, please send me stories. Send me masturbation stories. I would love to hear them. And to talk about them if you'd let me. But most of all, just like I love to hear them. So send me your your cum stories and uh and I'll catch you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, have a good one. Bye guys. <laughs>